0: Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Journey the Church here on Wednesday night. We are so grateful that you have joined us. We have just an amazing panel tonight. This is a record-breaking, world-renowned type of panel. We've got the Dustin A, single A Anderson right there patting himself on the back. What's on your shirt, dude?
1: Stereos and MP3 players. And visors, I'm kicking it old school today. Do
0: they, do they still make MP3 players?
1: Yeah, it's just, that's taken back now. All the, the doomsday preppers are ready to go.
0: All right. Well, we've also got Jeffrey Paul
2: Rodriguez right there. Hi, the What's that? I said, hi, mom. <laughs> that's the only person that calls me that anymore. So Nice, I like it. And then, of course, the one and only... You're back from the Outback,
0: Jeffrey O'Dell, Bonesaw Barnett. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, dude?
3: down under. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like the new, uh, the new uh, dorm life. or what, what, what do you got going on there? Is that your room or living room? Or? This
3: is my room, man. I got a peacock there, a uh, natlatl spear right there, too.
0: Did
2: that could be your peacock? new
1: nickname, the peacock.
2: Yeah, so, that's good. Yeah. I was at a,
0: a summer camp one time and uh there were all these peacocks i think it was up in ohio or something and they were telling us like don't chase the peacocks i think i've told you guys this story before don't chase the peacocks because their hearts are like so tiny that when they get exasperated their hearts will just burst and so what do you think we did as young 10 11 12 year olds we <laughs> chase the peacocks you know? killed birds that's all you did that <laughs> makes sense so, yeah Uh, If you're uh, affiliated with PETA, please do not uh, intervene right now. We don't need that. But anyways, uh, we are here for another night of church. I guess that's what you would call it. Our Wednesday night panel, Romans chapter 14. I want to begin just tonight by asking a simple question of you, our fine panelists. Are you a meat eater? And what's the best way to prepare your meat. So let's go with the Chef Boy RD first. Go ahead, man.
1: Well, I believe the, uh, of course, I'm a meat eater, real red blooded American. Um, I think the best way to prepare your meat is you got to tenderize it first. That's key. And then also, you got to, if you don't have a good spice rub all around your meat and then you sear it in a very hot grill or hot pan to lock it in and and just make this crust and you're you're failing in life. So love meat, love spices, love America. Is that? Wow.
0: So is it like a Boca burger? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What what kind of meat are you talking about here? Impossible. Yeah, Yeah, we.
1: I I don't know, whatever they throw in little packages. I'm not too fancy, so I don't mind if they're not grass-fed or anything, but.
2: (laughs) All right, let's go to (laughs) J-Rod. Yeah, I like to uh, – I got a pretty awesome set of spices, so I like to make a personal rub, a little bit of pappies as the beginning, and then something kind of Montreal and get some get some garlic in there and just kind of mix it up. Kind of reminds me of one of Dustin's favorite football players doing the sauce, turning it up. But I like to do a lot of rubs. I like to make uh, – yeah, exactly. I like to make some rubs and uh, cayenne pepper always or – the, the secret an armenian guy told me a long time ago was paprika so now you guys know the secret paprika when in doubt paprika i remember you made burgers for uh, my bachelor party and we come
0: out of the water surfing and then there are these amazing burgers i think you used like a packet of ranch uh yeah. ranch seasoning and then you you uh did bacon you like cooked the the mushrooms in the bacon grease it was, it was so good a heart attack central
2: it was a life changing i did have a heart attack later because of that
3: that <laughs> still was one of the best burgers i've had it was, yeah.
2: how about you bones what do you think
3: i just like dustin's catch line lock it in man lock in the flavor uh for me and this goes out to the people all throughout the country who like smoked who like to smoke their meat like texas or the south i think that's such a great way to barbecue i know out here we like the santa Ana style tri-tip but I like the smoke and the best, I think the best uh, thing I had was smoked chicken that I've made with uh, rosemary and thyme. You throw that in uh, the briquettes, and that just flavors that chicken so nice. And also, I tried, the, I made this uh, Alabama barbecue sauce. It's a white sauce. It is so interesting to try, but it's so good with veggies and with poultry. You guys got to try it. So, it, it's so delicious. I love it. Wow.
0: We should just start our own, like, cooking show. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm going to like spoil all you guys because I, I, I'm i not much of a meat eater. I will eat meat. I ate like ribs yesterday and the yeah. day before. But uh, I'm, I'm more of like a fleegan, which is a fake vegan. Uh, at home, uh, we don't really eat meat. I don't know. But uh, we eat fish, but not really meat. But then I go out, it doesn't matter. So I'm like a flaky, flaky type of uh, a vegan. But,
3: but sounds that... like a scavenger to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a hunter-gatherer, I think, Yeah. and it's the hunter part. But uh, tonight we're going to be exploring a passage in the Book of Romans. Some of you guys are like, why are you talking about food all this time? We're going to be exploring tonight a passage that talks about meat and vegetables. And so tonight, just a, a quick overview, overview. We begin a, a section of Romans that deals with the house church issue in Rome. It appears that some believers are continuing to follow Jewish practices. Paul calls this group the weak, while others don't. And Paul calls that group the powerful or, or the strong. And here's the rub. That's kind of like a, a joke that Dustin would tell. Uh, the two groups are super critical of each other. They're they're judgmental and and even nasty. But Paul wants the church to live out the theme of his letter that Jews and Gentiles should be united as one body in Christ. But this unity will only happen if they learn to lovingly welcome each other. And it might be tough because, you know, people can be tough with all their cultural differences, opinions, ideas, preferences. But, but worshiping God together harmoniously as one body, it's a powerful example of God's intention, God's plan for the whole world. So in other words, welcoming others as Jesus has welcomed you that can make a tremendous impact. And so let's begin with our first section in Romans 14, 1 through 4. I like to call it the vegan versus the voracious carnivore. So let me share the screen real quick, and and you can follow along at home. Maybe grab your Bibles, uh, or you can follow along on the screen. Wait for it. Here we go. Take it away, Uh, Dustin. All right.
1: So it says, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Now, I liked how you you labeled this section. Um, Two totally different sides, but all are supposed to come together for the common good. Um, And I think this is something, this section is perfect for what we're dealing with right now. There's... So much uh, different views and animosity going on where there's we're actually trying to get to the same point, but sides are going back and forth. So in reading this, it's differences should not be feared or avoided, but it should be handled with grace and love and we should be welcoming different people on different sides and different viewpoints. Uh, And then when we actually see and we're able to talk and not just close people off the sharing of ideas we can come to a fuller understanding of what the Bible teaches as we express ourselves and study and listen to each other. So we get a chance to accept and listen and respect others. Um, Paul gives this example of somebody who's convinced that he can eat anything on a table with another one from a different background assumes that they can all eat something else. So, um, but both are guests at, at Christ's table. They're sitting at the same place. They've both been invited. So, You know, why are we judging different people when we've both been invited to this amazing reception that that Christ is putting on? So um, if there are corrections to be made and manners uh, to be learned, God will handle that without your help later on. So I think it's a beautiful picture of how we're supposed to be, you know, listening and coming together, hearing both sides. But
0: same goal. Yeah, so like the most important part is what you're saying is to, to have this harmony, this unity, to, to welcome others despite flaws or cultural differences or failures or backgrounds. But, but like, that sounds great on paper, but when it comes to our lives, what keeps Christians from welcoming others? What do you guys think?
2: I was thinking about uh, just church in general and looking around in a normal church and seeing what type of people are at a church. And what's the difference from like maybe Journey versus any other church? And I think it it starts from the top. And I'm talking about the lead, a couple people are leading, uh, where their heart is and how the gospel works. I think Dustin's right that we're in this time where there's a lot of division. I was reading a post yesterday and uh, somebody posted this really eloquent thing is like, why are Christians divided? And it looks bad for us. And one of the girls uh, was commenting, saying, yeah, other uh, a non-believer saying it seems ridiculous for Christians that, that are divided. It seems like they serve the same God. And so for me, I think Christians – yeah, thanks, bro. For me, I think Christians – are getting divided because of small things in the gospel. There's only so many essential points that the Bible teaches us that we all gotta huddle around. And then there's a lot of external factors. And this is a prime one where you can see Paul's kind of frustrated here. And so we definitely, uh, uh, with our mindset, are holding people back. And we've got to limit some of our biases, limit, limit some of our favoritisms and our prejudice, and welcome everybody believing that God has a plan for them. So really, Christians have to deal with their inner heart. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Barnett?
3: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I think, I think it's not just Christians, though. I think it's really a product of society and how we just pick up on the culture around us, right? I just think of how how toxic, you know, our, our societies reach really toxic levels, and we don't know how to have a, a discussion, or uh, yeah, a discussion without someone being triggered. Uh, I think the biggest thing to for me is learning that uh, for Christians, that is, is that um, we don't have to we don't have to agree with someone in order to accept them, right? We think a lot of times that. We have to have agreement before there's acceptance. And that's throughout Christianity, that's throughout our culture, right? So if someone had, doesn't have the same belief or say they don't see the same eye to eye politically, then all, this, all, all, all of a sudden now you reject that person or they trigger you or you get uh, angry, you know? And I think it's it comes down to the, you know, we've made being offended a positive attribute in our culture. You know, people, you know, when they, oh, I'm offended and, it's like this positive thing when really it's not, it's not a positive attribute at all. Like it, it's, all, and sometimes in Christian circles, we make it seem like it's a fruit of the spirit, right? Being offended. Oh, I'm really holy. I'm, I'm super offended. But it's not, I actually think being offended is a form of complaint. And I'll get into that a little bit later.
0: This
2: guy, this guy, I mean, where did do, where do we find this guy? He's brilliant. Like, man, I think it was Rio Mesa. I think we found him. Uh, We pulled him out of a dark uh, cave or something.
0: (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, You know, I, I, I realized just some simple differences that we all have with each other, but we can find that unity. I even think about like Dustin's wife. Like we talked about all the foods that, you know, I'll eat meat and all this, like his wife, she doesn't like fish. And I'm like, blown away and it's like this huge like difference between you know I don't understand how you even live with someone like that bro who doesn't like fish it's hard but like have you ever had to get over the cultural differences of others or your own self like what was it and how how did you do it who wants to take the lead on that one
3: I'll share a little bit I remember being overseas in Slovakia and you know Slovakia was a communist bloc country and so in many ways, they were like decades behind. And it was like going uh, back to the past. And I remember going to a, a church there. It was like a Baptist service. And it was so liturgical. It was so structured. And I was never used to that, right? I'd never even gone to a Catholic service or anything like that, even though they're not Catholic. But it reminded me of that. I remember being like, man, this is so rigid. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But I had to remember. And I think Jeremy kind of helped me to to recognize that hey this is how they worship and this is how they know to honor God and I should respect that even though like this may not be how I do that and so I had to kind of get over that whole difference in that setting because that's kind of you know I think I actually think too under communism that they tend to like structure they tend to like high certainty and keeping things kind of routine as well um, just from some of the comments that people have made about living under communism, how they liked it, because they, there was a lot of certainty, even though they didn't have very much.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think that's a good point, Odell, that uh, the structure is a big part of it. The cultural differences, just uh, I, I have a friend of mine that came from Texas as a pastor. And he said, man, I really like Californians and, you know, they're a Christian belief. And I'm like, what? That seems kind of opposite. Most Californians like I'm moving to Texas or Austin or Idaho because, you know, they're getting kooky in California or whatever. And he said, no, in Texas, the culture is everybody goes to church. If you don't go to church, you're kind of one of the weird ones because 95% of the people go to church. And he goes, but they're not going because they want to. They're going because of the culture. He says, when I come to California, everybody comes to church in California that wants to go. They don't have to be there. They want to come. And that was kind of an interesting cultural shift for me. And it really gave me some uh, inspiration to go, yeah, it's true. People walk into church here because they have a freedom to to choose or not to choose. And back in some of the Bible Belt areas, they don't. So, yeah, we have to work through the differences and we have to see what works for us. I've been in uh, several different places in the country and there are cultural differences like I was talking about it on Memorial Day. We don't do barbecue. Where's a good barbecue joint in Southern California? You got to hunt forever. You go into Texas or Oklahoma, they've got them on every corner. That's just a cultural difference. We're more into this flaky vegan kind of stuff where heavy salads with a little bit of meat and, uh, you know, kind of work through it so yeah vegan versus carnivores are very interesting topic and it's it really shows the differences that we have and jeremy you're really going to be on stephanie's high list a little bit later after this conversation good job well it's actually
0: it's actually a conversation dustin and i've been trying to have with her um it's it's, it's okay like the fish it tastes good you know so it's cool just join me in a doghouse it's a good place
1: to (laughs) (laughs) it's really fun um But let me help us get back on topic here. We're (laughs) talking about cultural differences. Um, I started to realize that, you know, there's just different points of views that you can have for different things. We don't know where some people have been brought up in the past and their background, their, their whole story, where they've come from, where everything seemed right for them, like their viewpoints. And it's polar opposite of what I believe. But once you actually talk... And listen to each other and you're able to see their point of view where they're coming from why they have these types of view they could be completely off the wall which is normal because i'm always right but you hear these differences and then you're able to actually find a common ground when you guys actually speak and don't close off and hear about them so i like to get the backstory first and see what got them to the point of why they're expressing those types of feelings but you got to uncover the layers
0: first is that from uh, dr phil or uh that was shrek you gotta <laughs> you never know how many layers or oh the potato you know yeah. oh, or another so. the, the onion onion Sorry. yeah onion the quickest way to peel an onion is to cut it right so. that's right uh but anyways uh well that all sounds good like what you guys are, are saying Uh, and all of these things how we get over cultural differences but in a time right now where we have to wear masks and follow regulations and have these uh, strict features with social gatherings nice uh, how can we be welcoming right now when like our whole face is essentially covered up
1: you just gotta show a lot of love i mean yes this may be the the new norm uh moving forward but That doesn't mean that our words are being shut off what you say uh in saying you know great things coming out where you're trying to encourage someone or or say something uplifting it doesn't stop because there's a mask on your face um it it doesn't shut off your personality so we have to communicate with people we have to to welcome people with welcome arms to a certain distance and just uh share this love and welcome people that i think the number one key word moving forward is just to welcome people you have to be uh, encouraging, polite, accepting, uh, willing to listen, and also there's going to be some points where we have to humble ourselves, and some points where we're going to have to step up and and say some different things that may uh, push the topic a little bit. But uh, to to you know be welcoming, I think it's just encouraging people to get together, sharing that love that Christ has put in our hearts, but just being decent human beings to one another.
0: Jeffrey, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I resonate with that, but I kind of have a little different view. And uh, please remember, you know, that this is my opinion. I'm not a doctor either, and I'm not su- suggesting you take off your mask. You know, it's definitely keeps the keeps the virus from, from spreading. But I think in a lot of ways it has hurt society. You know, as Americans, we tend to struggle with individualism. We tend to be uh, struggle with selfishness. And I think this distance has only kind of fed into that right now, like you just, I walk down the sidewalk, and I, you know, it's like parting the red, red sea, and I think, you know, on top of that, isolation is is extremely negative, right? Like that isolation is a breeding ground for all sorts of mental problems, right? Such as like depression or hopelessness. Just it's not, it's definitely not a good thing, and it, it's just very hard, you know, when you're someone's in the store and you're wearing a mask, and it's really difficult to to seem well welcoming because everybody's trying to move away from you. Like you have leprosy. I think Jeff had a story where, you know, he was like, uh, I don't know if you forgot your mask or, or you're trying to talk to someone and they like ran away from you. Like you were, you know, like, that was just me at
1: every conversation with (laughs) them.
3: Yeah. But yeah. But on the other hand too, I, I've, I found that calling people, like I've been calling, uh, some friends and people and reaching out. And I found that it's been a really great way to connect and kind of bypass that. Uh, Just the whole distancing, isolation, like to have an actual conversation with someone. So so I think that's a great way to be welcoming and to keep people uh, close. Mm
0: I saw uh, some masks uh, online or something. Uh, I think they're specifically for people who are deaf or who are reading lips and they're actually clear. So you can see the, the face. And it's so funny that like we, we cut off a section of someone's face like that. And then we are unable to like see some extra emotion or, or we only see people on Zoom from like this this way up. I mean, down below, you have no idea uh, what, what's going on there. So it's, uh, it's interesting.
2: So yeah, yeah. clear. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy, yeah, you, you like, really uh, hit it. Everybody's now mind is thinking all kinds of stuff. I mean, we're all wearing
0: speedos and uh camouflage shorts and you know, you know how it goes, but uh Superman under roos. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, but I think like we gotta go above, like what you're saying is go above and beyond to show people, like maybe be more expressive, use our hands, use our, our voices through the mask. Like someone said, I think it was Jim Rushing said the other day, like smile with your eyes. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how, like how, how do you do that? But uh, figure it out and you know, try and, try and be loving an extra step of, of welcoming. Uh, well, let's move on here uh, to our next couple of verses five and six. Prime rib, broccoli and special days for God's sake. Here we go. Jeffrey, why don't you take it away? Jeffrey Paul Rodriguez.
2: Yeah. It says, in the same way, some think one day is more holy than the other day, while others think every day is alike. You should be fully convinced that whatever uh, day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. It's a really interesting take on, you know, it's it's like you're reading the Bible all of a sudden where we've been talking about such interesting stuff. In the last few weeks, we've talked about love and helping. And now Paul gets into the food thing. And this isn't the first time he talks about food and how it divides. And today, there's a divide in our country about food as well. Should I eat vegan or should I eat beef or should I be in between uh, and do a little bit of both? And some are saying, just like Paul is saying, you know, it might be better for the society if we eat less beef and vice versa. But it's interesting how Paul says to it and brings it to a point of, um, There's good reason for both. Some think one day is more holier than the others. I have a friend of mine that's like, man, you got to celebrate the Sabbath. And I've been called out from these guys here, make sure you have a Sabbath. Well, for me, the Sabbath is a Monday or a Friday, not always a Sunday, because I work on Sundays. So I would technically break the Sabbath that's a normal day. And so what Paul writes is we have to make certain days a Sabbath. And I know at our church, most of us try and take a Monday off and uh, make that a Sabbath so that we can make it holy. And it really shows the difference. While there's some people in our community that say only Saturday's the Sabbath, and you have to take that off. And it just shows you how awkward and different, uh, different we are. But I think Paul is really trying to convince us that we need to be more accepting, more inviting, like Jeremy's talking about, being more welcoming. If somebody wants to have a broccoli salad versus prime rib, I get it. I like both of them. I probably should eat more of the broccoli salad and less of the prime rib because of my health. Uh, And so I understand it. And and I love what Paul's trying to get us to is like really honor the Lord. It's okay to honor the Lord one way or the other. and I think it's really important that we keep Keep this in mind when we think about people, especially now as we're talking about the church reopening and when it's going to reopen. And that might not be for weeks or months. And we have to honor what everybody's decision is. I don't even know if people realize three out of the four people on there have nurses on, uh, in their house that they're working with and how that can have an impact mm-hmm. to people at the church. So we have to just really make sure that we honor people as we look at our lives and uh, do it in many different ways. And if it's, if it's accepting someone being a vegan versus someone eating beef, I get it. I don't get it in the sense that I eat hamburgers and hot dogs and prime rib but I get it in the sense that this is what God wants. So I really love this topic. I think it's great to talk about food because I think food is really the culture in itself. So uh, love it.
0: Yeah, I I like what the idea where you're getting at too is that uh, when we honor people, we actually honor God. And when we honor God, well, we should be honoring people. Uh, So you guys, how, how do we honor God by the things that we do? How about you guys specifically?
1: Um, well, I started, once I put him first, and it puts a lot of things in focus. So am I showing the love of Jesus in, in everything that I do? If I'm judging someone, then I'm not showing that love. If I Am I serving to the best of my ability? Am I helping other people when I see people in need of help? Am I sharing uplifting messages and words of hope to people who may be down in the dumps? So, I'm trying to put my best foot forward and help any way that I can. And I think that honors God is when you lift up your your neighbors or your your family, and you're trying to do whatever you can to make the best of these situations. So, by by putting him first, by putting a little bit more pep in my step, uh, it's really helped in those situations. How do you I, do that? How do you put pep in your step? It's a it's a little thing you put in with the coffee.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, one more thing, J-Rod said a great thing, setting that time for him. Uh, I think that's huge too in honoring in God the things that I do. So it's set that specific time aside just so I can c- communicate with him and listen to what he has to say.
2: You know how you put Pep in your step? pep rika. pep
0: <laughs> That's one way to Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah, the coffee now. though.
0: Not the coffee. <laughs>
3: I don't know you could try it man they, they have a spicy starting to do uh spicy and sweet you know Yeah. Spicy, like a spicy chocolate and you can add that to your coffee maybe that will they'll spice it up a little bit i know for me how kind of i honor god well I'll, i guess I'll, I'll first bring it back a little bit i know jesus said or quoted in matthew and and it comes from isaiah you know you honor me with your lips but your heart is far away from me and yeah. so I think a lot of times we focus on these external things, you know, what day we honor as a Sabbath or, you know, what meal, what we're eating dietary things. And yet like what God looks at is the heart. Are we honoring them with our heart? Not just what we do. And I think that is so, um, that's <laughs> so it, it's been, it's been for, uh, I guess a message for me, right. Of like, what is my attitude like, especially in this time, I think God's given me a lot of, a lot of, time to really focus and focus in on attitude and it's and it's really everything and lastly with this part uh i just want to quote um uh, kind of share this quote that i've been really meditating on it's from bob jones and he says patience is enduring life without complaining right like that's the attitude i want to have is to is to not complain you know not complain at god not complain about other people you know how other people should live their life and that's just something that i'm really trying to do right now is just to go through this without complaining to and to endure it without uh being like that
0: who is that bob bob
3: what bob jones yeah
0: I thought, I thought it was like bob is it bob ross the guy with the painter guy
3: no i don't think so <laughs> Bob Ross. Is I was thought it was bob marley but it's
2: <laughs> one, of one of those bob. Bobs out there
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i
0: like it what was the quote again can you say it
3: Patience is enduring life without complaining.
0: Mm. You know, one of the things that, that uh, I always remember, one of our uh, missionaries in Slovakia said about Jeff Barnett, and I think it was probably like the most, like the coolest compliment that I've ever heard anyone receive. Uh, it was, Noah told you that you, are, you never complain. And I, and I remember he said that in front of me. He said that about you in front of me. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, what does that mean about me? But he said, like, you never complain. And there were so many things that we could have complained about, and I probably did. But apparently, you never complain. And so I think that's a it's an important factor. It's like why why would we be complaining? So no one wants. To. But uh, when it when it comes to differences in worship, which often that, that's a that's a can of worms when it comes to to complaints. But when I, I talk about worship, I don't mean just like four songs on a Sunday at church, too fast and, and too slow. But, but all life, because all life is worship, right? But music, life, raising kids, eating, celebrating, working. In your worship, have you ever been hung up on how others do it? Like what, what frustrates you or annoys you or, or maybe is just distracting? And then how are we to lovingly welcome each other when we're all just so different?
2: Yeah, I I was in uh, Nepal recently and uh, about a year and a half ago, I guess, and uh, their worship service was all over the place and it wasn't anything that I was interested in, but I knew in the middle of it. And I know God had to realign my heart was like, this is worship God. This is how they worship God over here, which is completely different than what we do in California or what we do at Journey which was with bands they had kids and dancers and they didn't have awesome music equipment and stuff so they did whatever they could to worship god and it was really actually fun and engaging once you get out of the mindset of oh they do it a little bit differently i remember this one pastor that used to go to the rescue mission and teach i happened to be there one day and he was from a very traditional church and they do hymns and they're very authentic in the way they do hymns. And it was a very, he was a strong speaker, just a powerful speaker. And I happened to show up at the end of his message and he was confessing that he went to a church, probably very Journey-esque. And he got in there and he was complaining, going, this is not how you do it. The band and the drums and the singing and the, you know, he could just see the Jeff Floss kind of rocking his head around a little bit. And he and he was convicted in the middle of that service. And God says, I can accept many different styles of worship as long as it's from the heart. I think Jeff said that earlier. So it was really interesting. And I caught the end of it. And it was really convicting to me because there's so many different flavors of worship. So when we come to differences, we just need to accept if this is from the heart and this is to God. It's really it's not my choice. It's not my place to decide what is good and what's not.
3: Yeah, I don't know what it is about having a cross-cultural experience and kind of seeing maybe how uh, we get caught up in kind of our religion or the ways that that we think is honoring to God. Uh, I remember personally being in Mexico and I was going to lead a, a worship uh, in a house in a house church there, and I had my guitar set up and I was just you know socializing and it was before the whole thing and. There's a bunch of kids, you know, in Mexico, they just let their kids run around and do whatever. It's kind of like a a free-for-all, you know, free-range children. Not like us here where we helicopter them and, you know, always have our eyes on them, you know. And this is like, it's yeah, it's a whole different way of parenting. But I remember seeing out of the corner of my eye, like this group of children, they saw my guitar and they're like, ooh, look at this. And they started, you know, they picked it up and they were just playing it they were just, it, I was like freaked out. I'm like, man, they're gonna ruin my guitar. Like what the heck? And they're just singing, having a good time playing it. And I was like, as I was about to walk over there and tell them to stop, I felt the Holy Spirit to stop me. You And he's saying, no, just look like this is what I want. And it kind of that verse came up. I don't remember where it's at, but like out of the mouth of babes come, or children come perfect praise. And so this was like the worship that God wanted you know it's just spontaneous uh pure worship that was coming from them and just the enjoyment that they were having and so i i remember that uh, very vividly and just kind of really really made me think about what is worship like what do i think it is is it a performance is it a set or is it just this like pure childlike uh, joy in in being able to sing to to god It's good
1: yeah i remember being hung up on, on different ways of worship when people used it as a cookie cutter. Uh, they're saying, this is the one way you're supposed to do it. And that goes for what you were talking about a little bit ago, Jeremy, is like, how, do, how about raising kids and doing all these different things? Like, this is the right way to do it. And this is the only way to do it. The same thing in our in our workplace and, and worship. So I can remember uh, standing in worship and someone saying, well, you need to, like, move around. You need to put your hands up. You need to sing out loud. And it's like, well, then... I'm kind of just putting on a front to me because I need that's not my my the spot of how I worship personally so don't I don't want to hear that that's the only way that god's going to be uh happy with my praises so it's kind of finding our own way how to do that in our in our own lives for every single thing that we do and not try to confine to what someone else is trying to to have us do so try to move past those hangups of stopping you from worshiping in a certain way that you gain that connectivity with god um, and whatever you're trying to do
3: it's good
0: yeah i I like the idea of when people say like i think it was a book or something it's like growing kids god's way and no offense i never read the book i have no idea what it's about but it's like (laughs) it sounds a little pretentious to say like well this is god's way this is god's way of of raising kids i'm like well our our cultural differences are different than how how maybe like kids are raised like Barnett was saying in Mexico or or anywhere across the globe. Uh, so um, there are right and wrong ways of doing things, but uh, when it comes to these like small inconsequential uh, real deals, like it, it doesn't really matter, guys. So let's uh, let's continue on talking about bent knees and honest tongues. Romans fourteen seven through. 13 barnett if you want to continue that for us please here we go
3: all right it says for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves if we live it's to honor the lord and if we die it's to honor the lord so whether we live or die we belong to the lord christ died and rose again for this very purpose to be to be lord both of the living and of the dead so why do you condemn another believer Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other, decide instead to live in such a way that will not cause another believer to stumble or fall. Wow. This is such a uh, an amazing passage. And I know like the Holy Spirit has uh, dealt with me because I feel like I was very, very uh, judgmental. I, I guess I can tend to be on the zealous side, especially when I was, you know, younger. And that's just kind of my DNA to be zealous. And I thought, you know, I got to be like, this is, this is, I, if I'm zealous and other people have to be zealous at, as well, but it was kind of coming from a lack of understanding that, Hey, not everybody's wired the same way that I am now everybody shows their, their love for God the way that, that I am. But what really hits me uh, about this is that, you know, everybody's going to have to give a personal account for God, right? Like, we're all going to have to stand before uh, the judgment seat of God. And I think I, I heard a good quote, uh, this author was saying that if God waits to the end of our days to judge, then why can't we do so for others? right? He gives, he, he, he is so patient with us. He's so patient and he waits to the end of our lives to, 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 to judge us. And yet we're so quick to judge uh, other people in our lives. And I just have a a personal example of this. You know, I remember I had a, I wouldn't name any names. I had a, uh, a youth pastor growing up that I, I would consider him probably the best, the best youth pastor that I've ever known. He was, he was fun to be around. He was down to earth. Um, you know, he, he led great, uh, trips, you know, we'd had some great, wonderful camps, even his teaching style. Like I got a lot out of that. I remember t- taking notes, you know, and, and looking back and I'm like, man, I'm like how, how in the world would you get a, someone like me or anybody taking notes on a message? Like that seems impossible for, you know, junior high or high school to actually write down something, but he got us to do that. And he was this amazing, amazing, uh, influence on our lives. And yet, this man is not walking with the Lord today. And and on the flip side, people have told me, you know, they've opened up and told me that, you know, they thought I would wash out. They not they they thought that I would never make it. You know, that I was just that kid that was just not going to stick around and and just kind of fall to the wayside. And so I think about that, and it's confu- it confuses me because I'm like, well, how is that so, right? Like how how did this person? Why is he not walking with the Lord and how did I make it and yet we never really know who God is going to use. we just don't right because we we judge according to the exterior we see maybe something they do or their intelligence or personality and we don't know what God can do in the life of that person you know and it kind of goes back to that that idea that the first will be last and the last will be first and and those who are proud are going to be humbled and and those who are humbled are going to be exalted so in the words of johnny cash you know if, if if we're being proud you know god's gonna he's gonna cut you down that's that's plain and simple
2: oh
0: yeah <laughs> i think that's uh that's great and i appreciate you sharing all those things because i i know what you're talking about and and the situation it's it's heartbreaking but i think sometimes we as christians can can become stumbling blocks that prevent other people from growing. We, we, we can do a really good job of helping people to grow, to influence and encourage and all of those wonderful things. But at the same time, how, how do Christians become stumbling blocks for others? Um,
1: I mean, you can, like I mentioned earlier, you can see it right now. It's uh, different words that we say or the our actions of judging people can could be a huge stumbling block of why would i want to be associated with this if this is what it looks like um we make church unapproachable at some points and uh I, th- I believe that you know faith takes a lot of work but i also believe it's a very simple message that we can obtain and move forward to that anyone could do it so we, we make it seem just out of reach our words can chop people down and instead of building people up we just Keep putting them right back to where they were or, or pointing them towards their past. So I feel like we put off this, we just slam the door and say, uh, I guess we have enough people, so don't worry about it. Yeah, how, how do we make um, church
0: unapproachable for people?
1: Um, I mean, I, I definitely think we, by not listening to people's viewpoints or. You know, sharing, showing the love and care that each person is important and is loved by God, and when we start to think that maybe we have all the answers and we um, don't need their input or we don't need their service because they're thinking a different way. So when you close people off from experiencing God, we either uh, internally where they can get to talk to one on one or just in an actual physical church location. It's I think that's how we put the brakes on it. Where we say that they're A not good enough, B they're they're obviously not intelligent enough. Um or we, we judge them from the
0: get go. We have to like you mentioned earlier, cookie cutter type of mentality where like that we have to transform into looking like this particular type of person. We have to get rid of all of our uh, mm-hmm. own cultural, uh, whatever, you know, opinions, preference, some of those things got to go, right? Some mm-hmm. of those things are sinful, but some of those things uh, of, of who we are, like, that's who we are. We don't have to all look like, you know, you bro. <laughs> Can't look like that.
2: <laughs>
0: that's a lot of work. What do you think, Jeff?
2: Uh, judgment, judging—that's what I think. We are stumbling blocks by judgment, and today's no. There, there's no better example than looking on people's posts on your feed on Instagram and Facebook, and the seeing the arguments with the same God, and we're still judging. Uh, if we're answerable to God, then let God be the answer and the solution. If I'm meant to judge, then God would put me on the throne or put me on a judgment seat so that I can judge. And truthfully, he hasn't. And so for me, it has everything to do with judgment. I think that's what separates us is like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I did a message and I, I was looking up at a poll and what people thought of Christians, unfriendly, unloving, very judgmental. Their words were not edifying. And so we literally look like a bunch of hypocrites, which is true. We are hypocrites, but we should just give over to God and give him the judgment seat. And he also has the mercy seat. And then I just accept it. And it's hard to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is hard. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, we have these, we have to stop ourselves sometimes before we, we make these Prejudgments or these prejudices, or well, that's the same word, but uh, you know, like we have these thoughts of about someone. I heard a statistic that, um, and, and I don't mean to call it the, the ladies, but I, I know that uh, it was a study that was done by the ladies. I'm just getting myself into a deep hole right here, but uh, anyways, a, a girl walks into a room and you're a female within seven seconds, you're gonna decide if you're ever gonna be friends with that with that female in your life. Yeah. Entire- yeah, that's. that's I mean, I bet we do that too, guys. Maybe we're just aren't as quick witted and sharp, but or attentive. Thirty
2: minutes, maybe. Yeah,
0: I mean, thirty days. <laughs> uh, but but how does uh, being a stumbling block keep us from welcoming others? We kind of talked about the issues of it, but like clearly, it's when we judge people, it's not welcoming. What else do you have to add to that?
2: I was thinking about, this is a big point for me. I don't know, I've had a couple conversations with probably all of you guys about it. It's like, for me, I'm really worried about this. I don't wanna be a stumbling block. I'm a Matthew 25, living in fear of kind of guy where Matthew 25 talks about, you know, where were you, clothing and feeding, going to prison and all of that. And I, I feel like I feel like my wife is constant. I can hear Liz or, you know, somebody else speaking into me going, what are you looking like on the outside? outside of your house and life where people are seeing you and how are you living are you yelling at your wife and your kids and clover and so for me um being a stumbling block is critical for me because i believe my ministry can't work i i'm I'm not the greatest teacher, the most articulate person in the world. I think my testimony really tries to be an everyday normal guy for Jesus Christ. I get up, I try and pray and I read and I'm not perfect by any means, but really it's the way that we live our life. And if we're judging and doing things that are opposite or different than what the gospel says and what I'm saying from a pulpit or from some sort of message that's a stumbling block and it goes with judgment, but it also goes with being judged and saying what kind of individual will say one thing and do another, uh, in front of everybody. And the world is watching all of us. You know, this week I preached on, Uh, being a teacher and we're going to be judged more strictly that's what God has done and I'm comfortable going to my maker today and seeing him and going this is how I live my life I'm not perfect but I'm honest and hopefully Lord you see my heart and I kind of have a David type of ministry I've made a lot of mistakes but I have a heart to God and I have a heart to confess so stumbling blocks a big part of 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 ministry for me not being a stumbling block and when do make a mistake kind of confessing and admitting it so
1: yeah, I feel that the the pride for me is a, the biggest thing for a stumbling block from welcoming others that I you have all the answers, you don't have to listen to anyone else, that you don't need to be welcoming because you could do it all on your own. Um that you have everything figured out and you can do this pretty much on your own. So I think pride then goes into being closed off and that that blocks us from welcoming others because if you think you can muscle it all on your own and then you're not Willing to open your arms and accept other people in it's just that's something that people don't want to be a part of
2: it's good
0: So honesty, oh, are you gonna say something right? Go ahead. Um, uh, Sorry
3: No, I, I'll share the next one. I'll share the next one. Yeah,
0: okay uh, Honesty hour then how have you uh, been a stumbling block for others?
3: I, I know for for me like it's this idea where uh, people only belong if they behave it's this performance mentality that we have and it's not only in my life, it's kind of in the church. Right. And we act that, um, you know, you have to repent before you're forgiven, but the truth is we repent because we're already forgiven. Right. And it's kind of treating people in that way that, Hey, like you're forgiven by God, right. You're, you're accepted by God. And now, you know, and you're accepted by us, which leads to that, repentance but i know for me sometimes you want to see that outward behavior shift you want to see them behave a certain way before um before they um can really belong and i know for me that's that's something that i have been stumbling block for So right having those expectations of like hey you got to meet these standards before you're really a christian or you really belong in this place rather than hey you're already forgiven and you're already accepted and and with that comes um, comes the repentance, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. What do you guys think?
2: I was thinking about when Journey started, I felt like there was a couple of moments in my heart where I didn't necessarily know if I represented the gospel and uh, leadership and pastor correctly. And what I mean by that is we were leaving a church and we were th- starting another church and there was just so many uh, daggers and stuff being thrown around and so much anger and frustration and hurt that I, I felt like there were some things I would have done a little bit differently because of the way that I communicated to leaders and other leaders. And, and, and it wasn't just from Crossroads or any other church. It was just, I know that a couple people said some stuff and it was very hurtful and I kind of, uh, by nature, attack and protect Jeremy and my wife and whoever else was a part of it. And um, I, would, I, I probably would have done stuff differently. I definitely uh, kind of pray through that a lot going, man, I hope I n- didn't cause one believer to stumble, which I'm sure I caused many in my life to stumble. But yeah, I, I definitely would look back as a leader and go, man, could I have done things a little differently and hold my tongue? because. Uh, I'm still not my greatest gift of holding tongue and certain times I need to sometimes bite my tongue and just let God deal with it. So yeah, I've been a stumbling block before and um, there's a lot of places I could go back and go, man, I would deal with that a little differently.
0: Dustin, how about you?
1: Um, yeah, I'm like a, a whole, bucket of legos i'm a big stumbling block (laughs) and that's part of the thing you learn from uh kind of what j-rod's talking about in the past is that you you learn from this so you recognize how to not uh continue to to cause people to stumble over that uh for me it was always just the self-awareness not thinking i was good enough so if i wasn't good enough why would other people be good enough so this is all why i've learned how to get to different places where i am and don't want to go back anymore so uh I have been a stumbling block, but I'm thankful to say that right now I'm one of those Ikea puzzles you can put together a little bit easier. Ikea puzzle. Yeah. That's like their furnitures are all puzzle related. So it's all. I forgot you're, you're Swedish. So yeah. So, nice. Nice.
0: <laughs> well, to, uh, to recap kind of our, our passage before we have our final word, essentially love and accept people, welcome people who don't see things the way that you do. And, and that, that calls for not just in your homes and in your personal lives, but online too. Uh, lovingly welcome people, especially those who don't see the world the way that you see the world. And, and whatever you do, do it for God. And thank God for whatever it is, whether it's prime ribs or broccoli or special days, you know, there's, there's no need for us to be criticizing or condescending, you know, my hands are full uh, with just taking care of my own life before God, so don't be a stumbling block. Be welcoming and be loving, and let's hear it, guys. Your final word, in like, uh, can you say it in five words? I'll give you. I'll give you seven words. Seven words is your final word. Can you say it? I'm putting you on the spot. Go ahead. Uh, I got something. All right, seven words. Yeah, I just, seven words. I just
3: want everyone to remember that offense is a form of complaining.
0: Oh I am doing the syllables. That's, yeah.
3: that's,
0: that's, <laughs> offense. Wow. What is it?
3: Offense is a form of complaining.
0: Five, that's six words.
3: Yeah.
0: Offense is a form of complaining.
2: Yeah. I what? got one. Here's all right. Here's mine. We are all answerable to God.
0: That's six words. I like it. And Dustin. Be the church. <laughs> what's up
1: in the hashtag this is what the the people watching are going to do right now they're going to comment we are the church segue that's good what are they going to do they're going to hashtag be the church or we are the church or whatever you want to do all right uh, okay
0: so brilliant. Uh, brilliant. If, if you're at home watching uh post a picture of I don't know, uh, something, you watching this, your favorite food, if you're a a vegetarian or a meat eater, carnivore, and hashtag it, be the church. Sure, let's do that. (laughs) Talk to Dustin about that. Uh, My (laughs) final word is honor God by honoring others. I think that's under seven words. Um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we're so grateful for you. And we hope that this speaks to you in your life. Uh, flood the comment section about uh, just what's going on in your world and, and how, how we all can get better ideas of honoring one another and not being stumbling blocks. So thank you all so much. And we will see you next time.